I have a question. How do tab teachers teach? I mean, think about it. Teachers that create teacher-directed lessons, the project-based lessons, they do that because they want to teach. <laughs> In their classroom, this teaching consists of several categories. They're teaching about new media. They're teaching about techniques. They're probably teaching something about art history. And they're teaching concepts and ideas. They do all that by bundling up in a project and delivering that project to the students. That's how they teach. But how does this happen in a student-directed class? How can students be presented with new media or techniques or be introduced to artists or artworks or gain any kind of understanding of any artistic concepts if they're not built into a lesson project? Well, I'll tell you the secret sauce. It can be accomplished through modular teaching. Okay, what is modular teaching? Well, to understand modular teaching, first, let's look at the parts of that lesson plan I just talked about. A typical lesson plan it usually includes the presentation of an artistic concept, number one, teaching of techniques, number two, um, usually the introduction of artists or artworks, number three, and those elements are often fused into, number four, a project. So modular teaching, what it does is it strips out these basic elements. It strips them out of the lesson plan. And it's, instead of presenting them as a standalone module through a project, it removes the elements from the lesson and allows the information to be presented at any time without constraints. So through modular teaching, the teacher can present new techniques. The teacher can present introduce artists and, and present concepts to their student and then and then the students can in turn decide if and when and how they want to incorporate this information into any current or future project that they are designing so that's basically modular teaching in a nutshell so let's dive in a little deeper let's look at each one of these components um, separately and i'll give you examples of each so again the three basic ones of modular teaching are number one the concept number two artists or artworks number three tutorials and then i'm going to throw in a fourth one because we stripped out the project so i'm going to throw it back in and i'm going to do an optional project module and i'm going to title it the table so let's take a look at each of these modules so you really understand what i'm talking about okay so starting with number one Number one module, the concept. Okay, this first module, the concept, it presents the ideas. Um, it, it, it talks about the ways that artists think or work. It's it's there to spark inspiration. Uh, and, and the concept provides students with a, with a starting point for creating art, basically that's it. So here's a starting point, kids. So what are some of the topics that make, um, that make good concepts? Uh, big ideas, themes, subject-based themes like the nine, that would work really well. Artistic behavior units. Now, there are podcasts I've done about these subjects in the past, so if you go back and take a listen to those, um, you'll, you'll probably, or if you have listened to them, you'll probably know what I'm talking about right there. But let me give you some solid examples of concepts that I present um, and, and separated from a project. So here we go. Number one, limitations so there's your concept kids we're going to talk about limitations today limitations uh this concept explores how artists use limitations when creating art so limitations can come in three different ways they can be material they can be physical or they can be conceptual in nature so what does that mean uh so a material limitation we can talk about how artists might use a material limitation hey i'm going to create an artwork only using skittles or i'm going to create an artwork only using hockey sticks how would i do that it, it's using the material but limiting it in some way um, what's a physical limitation well a physical limitation is I'm going to try to draw not using my dominant hand or I'm going to try to draw with my eyes closed something like that it's a physical uh, taking something away in the body to create art and a conceptual 
of limitation is a little bit tricky, but think of the concept like, oh, if I was going to draw a piece of artwork only using circles, like that's the concept. So you have these ideas, but you're limiting it in some way. Uh, there are some artists that use limitations, uh, in, in particular Phil Hansen, if you've watched Phil in the Circle, he's great at it. So look him up if you haven't. I'm, you probably have. Uh, our teachers are pretty familiar with Phil Hansen, um, but he's a great one to use when teaching that concept. Appropriation is another concept I teach. I do, do a lesson called Artist Steel, which I've talked about in previous podcasts. Uh, and the, this concept basically explores how you create art um, or new artworks by borrowing or combining previously created works of art or, or borrowing, uh, combining previous concepts in art. Um, so a lot of times artists will do this by incorporating historical works of art, like uh, Candy Wilde does this a lot. Uh, he'll use maybe David's um, Napoleon crossing the Alps, but he'll, he'll turn it into a contemporary painting, but he's borrowing that aspect of it. He's a good one. Vic Muniz also did the same thing where he used, again, David, uh, Death of Marat. And when he did, um, was it pictures of trash or images of trash, whatever it was, um, look him up. M-U-N-I-Z a great user of appropriation here's another one I'm going to try this week coming up and I'll let you know how it goes destruction and the concept of this right here involves the process of destroying art and then um, often but not always uh, repurposing that work that is destroyed in a new manner so perhaps you dropped a, a piece of pottery and it broke do you just throw it out or do you reassemble it and try to make it into a new piece of art and of course that's an accident I dropped it by accident but you also could take it and just be like I'm just going to break this or I'm going to try to destroy this art in some way. Um, Urs Fischer does it a great job of it because he makes these sculptures out of wax, these wax figures, but they're really candles because they have wicks. And then basically during the show, you go to his exhibit and they're melting the whole time. So if you come like the last day of the show, you're just going to see a pile of wax. Um, so that's a great idea to great artist, I guess, to look at who has that idea of destruction. So those are all concepts. So that's the first thing right there. So we strip that out of a project. We're just presenting it as an idea for inspiration. All right. Number two, I'll talk about the table. Um, I call this my second module. Uh, it, it's basically an optional project. And I call it the table because I have a really big table in the front of my room. And I will put these, it's like a temporary center. Um, I, I just launch it for a specific time and for a specific week or something. And it's, it has a specific project on it. And it's sort of a temporary center. And, and really the purpose of the table is just to offer students, for those who can't or are struggling to come up with an idea, and uh, they just need some inspiration beyond this concept that I gave them, um, they, can, they can borrow a project from me. So... Uh, I guess to say that the table provides a more teacher-directed project, um, but it still it still presents enough choice usually for the students to customize it, um, and and it just provides a starting point really for those people who are really struggling and it helps them get engaged. So, what are possible? Uh, table projects. Well, candle making is a good one. I, I actually have a little, uh, I have some wax and I have one of those candle pots that I can, we can heat up and I can show them how to pour into molds or we can dip the string to make candles. Pinatas is another one I do. It's kind of a silly crafty project, but sometimes kids just like to have some fun and do something. So I'll teach them how to, you know, put out some paper and some color, some glue and some colored construction paper, make pinatas. I've done rock painting. I've done ugly dolls. Tie-dye is, is a good table project. I've done art bots. You know those little where you take like a, a like a battery-operated toothbrush and you, and you stick it on a cup and you make markers like little art bots, little drawing robots. Um, marbling. 
is a good one as well. So those are all possible ideas you could have for table. So I'm going to move on to module number three, which is artists or artworks and or artworks. And basically sharing artists and artworks with students is really important to their understanding of different various genres, artistic styles, and material use. Uh, traditionally for me uh, growing up, uh, my teachers, and when I was in high school 100 years ago, taught, uh, well, traditional artists, the historical artists, um, not contemporary art, I will say. Maybe it was contemporary back then. Van Gogh, Picasso, you know, the dead white guys. Um, but I like to present contemporary works of art. Um, I really feel like it, it's it's just better. It, it can kind of extends the student's understanding of how new materials can be manipulated because a lot of times contemporary artists, um, they really expand the world's concepts of art by breaking the rules. <laughs> um, they, they don't have to use established art materials. They can use whatever they want. They might go to the garden store. They might go to the grocery store to get their materials. Um, you know, they, they could just go beyond that concept of traditional art materials. They'll incorporate new media. You know, they might use like household materials or who knows what, right? And and for that reason and more, I, I, well, and I guess even more, it's it, you're exposing students to a, a more diverse collection of artwork, but also of artists because contemporary artists seem to come in all shapes, sizes, and colors as as compared to the traditional historic European. Uh, people so i think it just it, 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 it can, they can relate to it sometimes better so for those reasons i like to use contemporary artists so let me talk about um some artist examples that i use and i'm going to actually explain how i incorporate them and use them when i'm when i'm presenting the table so a lot of times these artists will line up with my table project um number one artist if i can say it right hirotoshi atu I believe it's pronounced. He's a Japanese uh, stone sculpture, and he's known for these really humorous, kind of whimsical, um, uh, kind of often juxtaposed, juxtaposition, juxtaposed, can I say art vocabulary words here? Oh, gosh. Juxtaposition uh, in his work because he takes these hard stones and he'll like carve uh, funny faces into them or make them look like they're, they're soft pocketbooks by putting zippers on them or something like that. Really crazy um, things. He'll put he'll put teeth, dentures in, into it so it'll look like the mouth is in the rock um, and but he would align really well if I was doing uh, some a table on uh, on cement if I was teaching about cement or rock painting kind of bringing in the rocks the hard things there so he's a good one for that let's see um, Emma Lindstrom I, I've, I've shown her a couple times and she basically creates these large he might not want to show her okay she creates these large like um, abstract not really not abstract um, non-representational acrylic paintings they're, they're basically um, I guess she calls them excessive excessivism they're, she, they're paint pours. Okay, let's go with that. She's pouring paint. That's really what it comes down to. Her. And kids love to pour paint, so you can get yourself in a lot of trouble doing that. But you don't have to do a paint pour table. You could do a marbling table, and her work would go really good with it. And I also mentioned Urs Fischer before. Um, he's a Swiss artist, and he just creates these life-size sculptures, and they're out of wax. Um, but like I said, they have wicks in them, so they're lit, and, and they just they just melt to the ground, which is a lot of fun. goes great with the concept of destruction, but also works well if I'm doing a table on candle making, right? So I can tie this all together. So that brings me to module four, which is tutorials. So I think a question that I'm often asked um, by teachers who do project-based um, to the teacher who is letting students direct the project is, and how do students learn techniques? Because a project-based teacher builds that into the project, often they 
give a project specifically to teach the technique. So it's really important. And and there are a lot of answers to the question. Um, everything from um, I can do a whole class demo to individual instruction. Um, but but certainly the point is that learning skills and techniques is vital to the growth of the student's abilities, right? So we have to in some way incorporate that. So this is why presenting skills and techniques is the fourth module. But again, I'm stripping it out of the project. So uh, here's some examples. Um, but basically, there are three common types of tutorials to offer students. There's, there's technique-based, media-based, and tool-based. Right? So technique-based tutorials are those that place an emphasis on teaching a skill or a technique. So that often includes the elements of art, principles of design, things like that. Media-based tutorials are those that demonstrate the proper use of material. So, and then you have tool-based, um, and those are used to explain how to make art using a particular tool. So an example of a tool-based, let's say you have a, I have a printing press in my room, um, and it's just sitting there, and kids would be like, what is that? And I can be like, let me show you how it's used. It's a particular tool, and I'm gonna show you how, how it's used. So. Uh, or I guess it could be even more like technology based, like here's how you use um, an app or here's how you use a 3D printer. So that's your three categories there. And so I'm going to explain um, different examples of each of those. Let me give you examples of each of those. So technique based tutorials. Uh, I want to teach proportion. I want to teach one point perspective. I want to teach someone how to grid or I want to teach someone how to mix colors. So those are your technique based tutorials. Uh, media based. So um, I'm, we're going to create a, a landscape using pastels or we're going to do spray painting of a stencil or I'm going to show you how to do some origami or even the candle making can be media based. And then tool based. Um, I'm going to show you how to use the tools to cut linoleum or I'm, or, you know, I'm going to do a print or I have a cray pen. I have a couple of cray pens. I'm going to show you how to use the cray pen, or um, let me let me show you how to use Tinkercad or, or, or a wood burning tool. I have one of those as well. I got it. I got a Home Depot or Lowe's, someplace like that. So that's a general overview of the modules. So the next question is obvious: <laughs> How do I organize and present these modules to a class? And the short answer is, there's no right or wrong way to do that. <laughs> Well, that's helpful, Sans, but um, I'll give you some examples. So, I mean, but but the bottom line is every situation is different. Every classroom situation is different. Um, you look at how many times a, a week a class meets to how long a, a class meets for. That all can be different. So the, the teacher, you, are definitely the best judge to decide how to present the modules to this class. But with that stated, you know, having an example of how the modules might be presented can be very helpful. So I'm going to give that to you. <laughs> um, you know, even if only provided as a starting point, and then you can manipulate it any way you want. Um, but that is the purpose of presenting the, this following example I'm going to give you right now. So let's take a look. Here's an overview of a week. So uh, this is an example. Uh, I'm designed for my high school class. Uh, my high school class meets every day. Well, <laughs> it's going to start right next week, actually, meeting every day for 90 minute blocks uh, for a semester. That's that's our usual basis. And actually what we're going back to after spring break here. So in this scenario, which is going to become true, <laughs> the teacher, me, uh, I have to decide how to present um, a complete set of modules, including the concept, the table, the artists and the tutorials. I'm going to do it once a week. I'm going to do all that in a week. So I will present them in that same order uh, with the concept presented on Monday. I'll present the table on Tuesday. I'll present artist on Wednesday, my artist Wednesday, and then the tutorial. Uh, I usually do that on Thursday. So in, in this example that I'm saying right here, this is what I do. Um, uh, then I assign Friday as a day for students to reflect, turn in their projects, which we do digitally in my class as well. So that gives us a full week there. 
So I, I guess that's a full week. Uh, I'll go into a little bit more detail about it. On Monday, I'll present the concept. That's probably the busiest day of the week. I usually will have a PowerPoint, and now I have videos to go along with that. And I'll just do a presentation about that concept. Here's my concept for the week. And usually, I will include in that concept a objective that goes along with it. Like, uh, I would like you to create an artwork that incorporates this concept, if you choose. Um, again, you know, the concept is there for inspiration. So a lot of times, students will use that as a jumping point to go off and out. So I will present a concept and usually there's an artist to go along with it inside that presentation and uh, I will also talk, uh, I mentioned uh, the objective, I will add an essential question in there and usually a learning target as well. I have some examples of these on my website, artistsouthb.com. If you want to go look each one of the different sections, I'll have the section on the nine. There'll be a presentation and a video that shows exactly what I'm talking about, how I'm presenting the subject of the nine. If you go and look at the AB units, artistic behavior units, you'll see that I have presentations there for, let's say, appropriation artist steel, and you can look at that and see what that looks like. Um, and, and, and even with themes for my other students where I just kind of give them a theme, an idea, I still have some uh, loose uh, objects objectives and, and learning targets in there as well. So take a look at that, artistsouthb.com. And so that's Monday. On Tuesday, I'll, I'll put up the table. Now, usually at that point, students have started a project from Monday, but if they haven't, and this is where you pick up those kids who are just like, I just don't know what to do. I got I put up a table and I'll just be like, hey guys, let me just show you this, almost like a traditional tab, elementary school, a five minute demo. Let me show you what's up here on the table. Let me show you what artists kind of do with this table, have done in the past, and I'll bring that into it. And and, and then I'll just kind of whet their appetite with it. With it. And then I'm like, if, if you want to learn more about this, come up to the table and I'll show you more. You can get started. If not, you can continue to work on your art from yesterday that you started. I hopefully you started <laughs> and then I'll go into more detail with you know just a few kids who usually come up to the table and I'll give them more detailed instruction so just kind of wet their appetite and then dive in uh, Wednesday I'll present an artist of the week and that's really just for the presentation of the artist it usually does tie into either the concept or the table um, and, and then on, on Thursday I will do a tutorial and then on Friday they turn in their art so let me give you like examples of what I'm talking about uh, by weeks so let's say week one I'll start off Monday with appropriation. I'll do my artist steel unit. And then on Tuesday, I'll, uh, maybe I'll put my draw bots up there. Let's do draw bots. And then on Wednesday, I might do, um, what's her, Casey Kinzer? Um, K-I-N-Z-E-R. She did this really fun project where she took a little robot and she put him on one side of the city park and it just could only go in one direction. So she had a little flag on it that said, hey, help me get to the other side of the park. And he, she watched basically the interaction of how people interacted with this sort of little inanimate robot. Uh, and they'd pick it up and try to help it get to the other side of the park. So she's a really fun artist to tie in with drawbots because you're making little drawing robots. She worked with robots. You see how that worked in together. And then wrap it all up on Thursday with maybe I'll teach you how to grid. Maybe I'll do a demo on, on gridding, which ties back into appropriation because they're trying to borrow uh, an artist's work or something like that. And, and I'm teaching you how to steal by gridding. <laughs> okay, so that all works together. Uh, here's another example. Let's say I'll do the limitations. So we're going to work with limitations. The concept this, this week is limitations and how artists use um, limitations physically, materially, conceptually, go into that whole thing on Monday. They get some ideas. On Tuesday, I present paper mache. Hey, you guys want to work on, well, I got paper mache slop up here. You can come and I got some balloons and we can have some fun making paper mache. The artist of the week, Ennio Marchetto, who makes paper, um, 
costumes. <laughs> He's a fun artist. Just look him up. And he, and he does sort of lip syncing with these crazy paper costumes he makes, which ties in with paper mache and working with limitations. And then I'll wrap it up on Tuesday with, hey, how about an origami tutorial? Have you ever tried origami? Here's how it works. So that, again, is paper. So I kind of tie the whole thing together and have a lot of fun with it. So that is basically how I do modular teaching. Uh, again, it is all optional. There's no actual project except for the Tuesday table, but even the Tuesday table is up to them if they want to do it and how they do it. Um, it's totally optional. Uh, and usually they get an idea from the concept on Monday, but sometimes kids just go off on their own as well. Now they're learning about the concept, even if they're not making a project with it. They're, they, they're experiencing the concept of the project by looking at the work at the table and the students that are working there, even if they're not doing that. They're learning about an artist on Wednesday, even if they're not doing a replica project of it. And they're learning a new tutorial on Thursday even if they don't incorporate that tutorial into their artwork. So all the modules are separated, they're all there, they're all being taught. And that's a way that artists that teach tab can teach without giving a project. So that is a wrap. We'll see you next week. If you have any more questions, like I said, stop by artistsouthb.com, artistsouthb.com. And, and I have lots of information on that website, which you can steal and it's free. And hopefully you can extrapolate from that and, and incorporate it into your own lessons. If you want to spend the dough, um, Making Artists is a great book, which I talk in depth about how I do this and lay out even a whole um, semester's worth of projects. And there's plenty more artists in there, plenty more tutorials, plenty more Tuesday tables and concepts. You can just, you can pay for it, but uh, but it's all in there. Or if you don't want to pay for it, uh, find someone who has it and borrow it from them because it's all good stuff. All right, that's it. See you next week.